Welcome back to another episode of the Rally Cap Podcast. Uh, a little different today. Um, I am by myself with a new little mini segment, mini series uh, that we're starting around here. Um, you know, being granted the opportunity of coaching baseball now, uh, I felt like with everything that's going on with the coronavirus, um, I felt like this would be an opportunity to bring coaches on the show and have kind of a coach's corner. Um, me being a new coach um, and being able to venture out and go on recruiting trips and meet other coaches um, from different schools, uh, this kind of gives me the opportunity to reach out to them, come on the show, and kind of kind of get their insight on what they do with their program and their guys um, to help me learn and to help uh, hopefully people who listen, players, coaches who listen to this, um, learn what they can do to make their kids better or what they can work on during practice. Um, so I thought this was a cool opportunity, even though in down times to do this, uh, that we could get something going called the Coach's Corner. Um, as always, this podcast is sponsored by Deviate Existence. Deviate Existence, lifestyle brand built by professional players made for those chasing a dream. Go follow DV, the number 8X, on Instagram and grab some Deviate existence gear we still have that discount code even without gauge here i know it's so much nicer without gauge here but even without gauge here we still got the discount code the rally cap 15 at checkout for 15 percent of your off on your order still a great opportunity love absolutely love having a discount code um uh, but deviate existence matt uh the guy who kind of runs it uh who's the brains behind it just been an awesome guy to talk to been great to converse with the brand is just it's true it's honest um if you see any of his videos on instagram uh or twitter it's it's unbelievable what he does and what he's trying to do for the impact of of baseball and a better lifestyle so go check them out on uh instagram that's dv the number eight x dv8 existence go check them out um today we're gonna have the first coach that we have not done before um his name is sean stevens he is the assistant coach at Edward Waters College in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, I actually met Sean when we were in Fort Myers. Uh, it was a weekend recruiting, um, kind of a showcase deal. They uh, they did their the the normal pro style on Friday, and then we moved into the games on Saturdays and Sundays. Um, but I had the opportunity to to be roommates with him while we were there, so it was a little. It was weird. We didn't know each other, and we just clicked off the bat. And man, the guy is super passionate about what he does. Um, he's big in the exercise science world. He he's got a, a lot of knowledge of the game and how to build yourself up. So I thought this guy would be a really, really good opportunity for everybody to listen to. Um, it, it's it's different and it's interesting, but I think he will have one of the most biggest impacts on this show because he's so versatile in his line of work. Um, like I said, with the exercise science plus the baseball coach aspect, uh, it gives us the opportunity to kind of learn um, from the approach side of, of how to do certain techniques and lifting properly and, and certain drills they work on throughout practice. Um, other than that, we'll, we'll hop right into the episode. Here you go. Sean Stevens, Jacksonville, Florida, Edward Waters College. Great to have you on, man. What's going on? Super, 
super, super excited to be on, man, and spend a little time with you. It's been a couple of months since we've shared the field together. Yeah, kind of, so kind of what I mentioned in the intro was how we kind of met. It was kind of under some uh, weird circumstances how we were uh, together in Fort Myers and we were kind of roommates and uh, we just kind of clicked immediately off the bat and and been friends ever since. Yeah, I mean, it was just an instant connection, man. I think we both understand the game at a high level and especially you being, you know, at the JUCO level, um, you're you're an excellent outlet for me at the four-year institution and, uh, you know, chasing that national championship. Yeah, always, always, man. But, no, so basically kind of what we talked about off the phone is what we're trying to do. You know, you probably you might have listened, listened to some of the other podcasts of how we've had guys come on and kind of talk through the recruiting process, um, which we can kind of get into here because this is coming from a coach's perspective of kind of what you have to go through, um, especially at your level. Uh, so I think uh, kind of how I think I want to start this is kind of lean into that recruiting process. Um not necessarily what do you look for in a player, but how do you go about looking at players to get guys in your club uh, every year? Yeah, I think definitely um, when players have the ability and the opportunity to showcase themselves, they have to understand, you know, that college coaches have a need. Um, first and foremost, secondary is, you know, they, they've got to put food on their dinner, on their dinner table, and they got to keep their lights on and, and, and they're competing every single day. Um, you know, for the, you know, whether for an extremely competitive, you know, elite type player or whether it's for a more of a player development style um, athlete slash player. So a lot of it is body size, frame, um, projectability. Um, and right perform- off the bat, that's that eye test, right? Like they pass perform- that eye test immediately. Yeah, it's, it's definitely an eye test um, with us being a a smaller in-state institution, we tend to snag, you know, one or two of those elite level athletes that turn into and turn into great players. And then we'll snag one or two of those great players that turn into great athletes. And so vice versa, it just really depends on how well they play catch all the way down to yes, sir. No, sir. See, that's, that's a really interesting thing you said there was, when it comes down to how they play catch, you'll see, uh, I mean, I've only started coaching, you know, this year. And to see, to go out and watch these guys kind of mess around when they play catch and not really take it too seriously, it kind of shows who's got that ability to play and who wants it that bad. When nobody's looking, we could not even be there, but it's a matter of how bad do you want to get to that next level is what's going to help you get recruited. Yeah, a lot can be, a lot can be said for... Uh, a player, a middle guy, or even an outfielder, uh, receivability, you know, transfer yeah. uh, all the way down to, you know, grip compression, choking the ball, um, losing it consistently down to being able to play catch to the chest, being able to set your feet, uh, um, you know, and, and fire with that with that front hip in line with my target. Yeah. Consistency. And- it, that's, that's what it is. It's a, that's a probably the biggest word, word you'll hear in baseball is that consistency frame of just being able to do that little thing right constantly, constantly, throw the strike, throw the pitch where you need to. You get it, there's slip-ups, but all of that kind of ties into what we look at when we go recruiting. Um, you know, some other people don't 
Uh, the, I think the biggest thing is the parents. The parents think, ah, my son's the best kid on the team. They'll look at him always. I I was overlooked. I could tell you that way overlooked uh, as a as a player myself. But it's because those little things I did right got me to that next level where you have kids who pass that eye test you're talking about who, uh, I mean, you, you probably saw it when we were in Fort Myers. Uh, kids who pass the eye test and then they go, eh, yeah. that's not yeah. going to work. There's a reason why I was pulling numbers out of the hat. And there's a reason why, um, you know, I felt the need to approach a young man based upon a need that we have at our institution, um, whether it's GPA-based or in which nine times out of ten, you know, the GPA, sure, we absolutely need it to match the ability. We need there to be, you know, a marriage there. So they've got to be as committed to the student part as they are to the athletes, you know, to, to the athlete part. Um, you know, with that being said, our craft as a co as 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 the coaching industry per se is getting so much better annually oh, that God, yeah. we're raising our game so much more that the that the players' expectations are sky high now. So if a player can't go out and execute game a catch, if a player can't go out and execute, you know, a hit and run, or if he if he doesn't take BP, um, you know, up to up to collegiate standards or you know, as an incoming freshman, uh, as a guy that could potentially be an elite, you know, projectability along those lines, you know, and we see some things, we see some tools and yeah. that that potentially could be a kid that, that gets passed because he doesn't understand the game. It, and it, it's, it's crazy because it doesn't matter, like, to do those little things right when you get to college, you don't realize, man, most schools start all over. They start off if you're like, like we start off like you're in T-ball, man. Like the first thing we do is we go out there and you teach you how to play catch the right way. And so if you can do those little things coming in, man, like you know you'll be all right in college. It's just just getting through that part of it. Um, I literally just got off a conference call discussing the same topics with 20 other coaches about how, how exciting the industry is, but at the same time how disappointing at times the recruiting process is. Um, you know, it's, it's an open door, closed door industry you know you're either in, in, in invited into this fraternity and uh and you're committed um or you know it's 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 a difficult roller coaster ride uh, agree agree so so in later in the recruiting process you get these guys committed what kind of do you guys have to go through as a coaching staff uh to to finalize paperwork um through NCAA through the school what kind of do you have to do to get them through that uh if you know anything of it yeah, I mean, we're, as we transition to the, the Division II um, stature, uh, we're, I mean, we've got student registration all the way down to updating your FAFSA information to sending on officials. Um, obviously, with the state of um, the, the collegiate, you know, the, of the, the, the setting as far as on on the academic side of things right now with us not being able to have on-campus visits, um, you know, it, it's a very challenging time um, for the, the college baseball world. But with that being said, it's also opened up some doors because we've also had some, you know, some some four stars, some five stars, some elite level kids. You know, they they haven't been able to go on those visits to those, you know, those those smaller division ones or those bigger those bigger division ones. So they'll end up passing because, you know, those schools also have some um, have some fallback from. Some some guys getting class. some eligibility back. Yeah. So there there's really it's a really interesting time 
to be on the recruiting trail. You can really hammer home and, and, and find yourself in a really good situation, or you could find yourself with, you know, real, with, with a senior heavy class. So it just depends on, which isn't a bad thing. No, so agree. It just depends on how you look at it. And it's, it's kind of interesting because <clears throat> this podcast will come out here soon, probably within the next two days. Um, from the time we're recording this, April 9th, I believe it is. But what I, if I could give, if a high school kid is listening to this right now, for me to give them advice is you need to take whatever offer you have sitting on the table right now, whether it be one or whether it be five, you need to take it because recruiting right now at this time is very, very hectic for the Division One who are allowed to have seniors back because this could severely impact the incoming freshmen and the freshmen who are on campus now. Uh, so in a, in a weird time of recruiting, um, if if I had one thing I could say to the kids who are looking to get recruited, who do listen to this of that of kind of that nature is don't take for granted what you got and take it now because it's it's very minimal in weird times. Um, so kind of like what you said is it's it's really really weird what we're going through and uh i mean every coach i've talked to who some coaches have been this for 30 years they've never been through this before they've never had a spring off in in their life and a a recruiting dead period because of a of a virus so it's it's really weird so take advantage kind of of what you got um because this opportunity to to play college baseball you don't want to let it pass it by you um I believe wholeheartedly, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm empowering my student athletes to make the right decision, whether it's consoling it with your family or, but at the end of the day, when you, you're right, when you have an offer on the table, I think, I think there needs to be some serious consideration. And what I did from my experience and, and I try and relay it to kids in a tough situation is I need to, I need to go and I need to do a little bit of research. I need to find out who's on the roster, who's potentially coming back. If they don't come back or if they do come back, what kind of situation am I going to find myself in am I going to beat for the position or am I going to be you know riding the pine and if but if I go to this institution I probably have a better opportunity here um you know but then it's getting late in the game as well so young these young men need to definitely um you know put themselves position themselves to where they'll they'll find themselves competing in 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 the fall of of 2020 instead of you know instead of sitting and or in the spring Agree, agree. Um, so kind of away from recruiting, uh, as we said, it's more of a, a coach's corner talk to um, kind of go through and keep the college baseball talk alive. It's like we said, it sucks, everything that's going on. But uh, what what makes you, what do you think makes you different from other schools within your conference, um, kind of from a practice standpoint, from how you treat your athletes, from what you do for your athletes? Kind of take me through what you got. Yeah, I mean, uh, I definitely would start out with and the schooling aspect of and the strength and conditioning aspect of the way I view an athlete is going to be hands down um, different just in the sense that I've got a little more understanding of feel, um, you know, and, and, and injury prevention um, along the lines of, you know, how I'm going to program for this athlete, whether it's a throwing program or whether it's a, a preparatory phase or, or how I'm going to get the most uh, out of this athlete's body for the next years and or four years, um, as, uh, as well as on the hitting side of things, you know, um, you know, coach, coach Reggie does a fantastic job of leading, guiding and directing his young men and, 
setting them up and you know to to be successful um you know and then we've got coach Ray on staff as well who's if not one of the best catching instructors I've been around I, I think that he definitely leads the pack um just with his sense of understanding but his sense of grit and his sense of hunger um I think all three coaches we all understand we all communicate with our with our head strength coach uh, Marcus Richardson and on a daily basis and all three of us are there we're we're all hungry we understand the moment um, you know, we're leading by example and we, we live that every day. Um, just it's, like it's every that other coach passion that you have that for your job, like to know that this is your career and how serious you take this and how these kids are your livelihood. They're your career and how much passion you have to get them on campus. You want them to have that same passion coming in. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Mentally. Um, emotionally and physically, you know, it, it's a three-part process. There's, there's, a, you know, a holistic side that we want, you know, we, we want the kids to have the mental aspect of the game as well as the meditation side of it, where they, you know, they can close their eyes and 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 they can they they can almost press the reset button because, uh, as we both know, the game of baseball is a very very difficult game. Um, so we need to know these young men have the ability to press press reset, um, you know, and um, and get ready for the you know for the next. Uh, next competitive opportunity. Yeah, I agree. And I think uh, kind of what I see, because I'm all over Twitter, man. Like, I love looking at the baseball stuff. You you are big on, on the injury prevention, uh, the, the dry drills with no ball, uh, just trying to get them to get a feel for their body and how it moves and how to make it move the right way, which, which I think um, is sometimes portrayed wrong on social media. But to see, like, I like to see your stuff because – it's it's guys almost trying to visualize themselves doing what they need to do in game at practice. Um, so I guess to add a question is what what do these drills kind of help you do as a player um, to to incorporate that in game? Visualize success. Um, like I said, mentally and emotionally, this is a roller coaster ride. Whether they're on whether they're towing the rubber in the bullpen or whether they're towing the rubber on the mound, we want to set them up. Um, I put them through compensation drills. I put them through visual drills. I put them through, um, you know, drills that put them in, you know, timing drills that help them understand, you know, there's obviously going to be a need, uh, you know, a, a response, whether it's they're going to rush the throw or whether they're going to understand that they have time to set their feet. And a lot of it's based upon, the speed of the runner a lot of it's based upon the speed of the game a lot of it's you know based upon the moment so we we, we do a uh, we i try and fine tune and tailor drills that help them win moments so if my guys can win moments then i feel like we're going to position ourselves to be successful in the game right that that's 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 a spot on answer that, that couldn't have been said any better actually but um go, going into the pitching um that's kind of what i see a lot of change in constantly with with analytics being a big thing now um and and the the drills are just becoming excessive and there's a lot of them is there any drills that you guys do with your pitching staff um every day like it's like hey this is like the one visualization thing you need to do every day before you get to the yard um or during practice hey every day do the towel drill before uh you go throw a pin um what, what what do you got yeah, I mean, I put our guys in the power position, to be honest. Like, I want them to really feel, understand, and comprehend where their body needs to be in time. And 
yes, we can talk about the anatomical side and the proprioceptors and all that, but you know, meat and the potatoes of it is as soon as I as soon as I land, as soon as I land, toe strike and 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 my body's in that power position. Where am I? Where do I need to be to be successful? How do I need to execute? What puts me in the best position? And then I start to understand, does this athlete move well? Does he not move well? What do we need to focus on in the weight room? And does he have the ability to repeat? Um, you know, and then when you put him out on the mound, does he sink or swim? As simple as that. It's it's really, um, I, I think you see it. You, you don't you don't catch it when recruiting. You you see you see the good, you see the great, um, but getting to go through them with the fall and into the spring, you get to see the failures. Um, what I get, it kind of it kind of helps you be able to fine tune uh, what they're trying to work on and to perfect their individual craft. Um, what I think is is kind of weird with the analytics is. The, the only thing I do like about the analytics, I should say, is it helps you understand what your craft is. Um, so it's known as the higher RPMs, the you know the more movement on the fastball, whatever it is. But that helps you understand your craft. So I, I think it's interesting um, how much a season and a fall can, can turn into, hey, this is what you need to work on constantly, but you don't get to see that when recruiting. I was watching a really interesting interview the other day, um, and I, I couldn't agree more. And it was based upon technology and how it's circulated through the collegiate baseball and, and into professional baseball, and obviously um, it's kind of taken over, which I, I think is great. I think it's great for the game. I think the game needed to be. I needed. I think there needed to be another um, another aspect, another component of what we do on a daily basis, just to add more information. You know, it, it, you can never have or know too much. And with that being said, uh, I think it's taken away from the feel, from the pitchability, from the guys are guys are so pent up, so focused on velo, and, and, and I'm just as guilty. I, I think velo plays. At the same time, with that being said, I think if if I'm on the recruiting trail, I'm looking for a young man that's got the ability to toe the rubber that has feel that can repeat. Um, obviously I can pound the strike zone and that has multiple pitches, but has and, and showcases composure. And I think we've seen that. Um, I, I think we spent what two or three showcases together at the most. I think we saw that at Fort Myers. I mean, with the amount of time we were there, but yeah. the, the, yeah. I think you could see it from certain pitchers. There was guys there. There was I think there was one guy ninety plus um, yeah. who was max effort. You and I both, you guys, we both mentioned it to each other. Uh, but then yeah. we had that one one little tiny right hander come in, um, who actually I went out to go talk to. Um, he, I'm still he, talking to him. Are you good for you? <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, he was a kid who who didn't have. The velo, it wasn't there, yeah. but the location of his stuff, the consistency of, hey, he wants a fastball out, I'm going to put it out or third and live there, um, that's where I think it gets a little uh, drawn into, hey, I need the guy who throws the hardest, but it's, it, that's not always the case because you can't have all those 90-plus guys on your club. He had presence. He had wherewithal. He had, he had a set of nuts. Yeah, uh, like as simple as that. As simple as that. 
He was just going up there to pound the zone. And he, knowing this is a showcase, he don't care what the other kids do, but if he can hit his spot with his pitches, with coaches behind him telling him what to throw or, or what he wants to throw to show off, if that pitch is going to play, a coach can simply go in and make those changes coming in. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Couldn't so, agree more. I, I, go ahead. You still there, Sean? Yeah. Oh, oh I yeah, thought, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm I thought right. you were le- <laughs> I thought you were leaving me for a no, second. Good, no, he, he, he stepped up. I mean, he threw he threw really well, and like you said, the velo the, the velo played, and he mixed and matched really well, and he he had presence. And um, I think from a hitter's perspective in a showcase, it's really difficult to step into the box and to, to, to have that kind of pressure. But you also have to understand, you know, and that's that's the double the double edged sword is you're paying all that money to showcase yourself potentially four, maybe six ABs, um, you know, they've, they've got to be high intense swings, you know, just like the pitchers got to, they've got to showcase that, you know, that, that they've got the velo as well as the off speed and, and they can, they can mix and match and, um, and then they can remain composed and, and confident. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, a kind of away from the pitching side. Um, I, what do you work with more? You work with more of the pitching or offense? I was a two-way guy in pro ball. I I still communicate every day to my hitters, um, our hitters. You know, it, every player is, is is our player. So we just continue to you know, and and I have that freedom. Coach Reggie does a great job of empowering me and and, and allowing me the freedom to to communicate. But I spend majority of my time, I'd say, sixty to seventy seventy five percent of my time with the pitchers and and and, and in the strength and conditioning setting. Okay, so take us through take us through some of that strength and conditioning. Um, I know a lot of programs are different. You've heard kind of, I mean, we've talked about it of kind of what we do at Daytona with the swims and the early morning lifts. Um, that it's, I feel like that's kind of normal out of JUCO um, Division One and Twos. I know it gets a little different because class schedulings and 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 more restrictions with uh, with hours per week. Um, how, how do you guys go through workouts? What do you guys do? What do you guys focus on going in? Um, do you guys have certain days you start, do certain lifts? Uh, kind of take me through that since you're kind of you're you're on top of. I know you especially love that strength and conditioning, man. I see it all the time. You, if you were going to the and I, I gotta mention, I forgot to mention uh, that you were supposed to coach in the Cape Cod uh, this season with the Whitecaps, correct? Yeah, yeah, I'll be with Brewster. So you're you're gonna be with Brewster. Hopefully that still happens. Um, so to Brian. and you were gonna help the uh, strength and conditioning there. So this is a big part of your life. This is a big aspect of what you think. Um, uh, actually, what everyone should think of what is success off the field. Uh, what can you do to get better? So take me through some of the stuff that you do that you know it's gonna prepare them to be successful on and off the field. That's a great question. Yeah, no, I, I would definitely say that this was, this in, I mean, encompassed at least eighty to ninety percent of my identity when I was trying to sink or swim in, in, in professional baseball, and so it's kind of just overflowed into my coaching career and, and my passion and my drive. Everything that leads up to first pitch, I, I, I firmly believe, and I just was on a conference call a little while ago with, um, with Garrett Lloyd, is with player development. LA and just some of the topics that we discussed, you know, and, and that's not his necessarily his, um, 
exactly his, uh, something that he focuses on. But on the on the player development side, I believe your performance off the field is just as important as your performance on the field. Um, with that being said, everything that leads up to that first pitch from us lifting uppers and lowers and, and, and obviously mixing and matching throughout the week, um, we do a great job of m- matching those long toss days with our uppers. So we, we obviously do the best job. And, and our, our head strength coaches like I said, certified, and we do a great job of communicating, being the pitching coach. With our guys having such a high workload as far as throwing goes, it's really important to monitor and assess every single day and understand where these guys are at because feel comes into play. Um, discomfort's a different, a, different, a different topic, but when a, when a guy is experiencing um, severe discomfort, then – that's a topic that needs to be, obviously, we need, we need to communicate. Um, and you're not going to get that out of every player. And I, that's something that I, I definitely learned the hard way, even though our, our season got cut short. was. But throughout the fall, throughout our throwing program, we, we had guys that were mid to low eights that were mid that were mid to upper eights by the time we entered the spring. And guys that were upper eights, you know, were, were low nines by the time we, we began the spring too. So there was a lot of excitement, um, a lot of energy around our team. Um, and so it all begins in the, in the weight room. We go 5 a.m. and 6 a.m. lifts. Love um, it. Love it. Big, we're really big on the nutrition side of things. I'm, you know, I, I, I do the best job I can um, reminding and um, putting together a nutrition plan for individually for a lot of our guys. So that way they understand expectations and they, and they set those standards and we continue to feed them knowledge as to how that, that dietary selection or that, that food selection would feed and absorb within their body. And then that, that way it all offsets. And then once they get to the field, if they feel up or they feel down, then we now know why. And so you can't surround yourself with enough knowledge and enough, and, and, and enough insight as to what a player does throughout the day and how that's going to affect um, his performance on the field. So from nutrition to the strength and conditioning side, the first pitch to prep work, um, you know, to our, our fall throwing program, um, you know, which is intensive. We had a lot of guys. We had, you know, a handful of guys that, that we had to individualize because they couldn't handle the workload. So, we we've got a different plan in place for this fall. I'm really excited about went back, did a, did a bunch of research, did some homework and, you know, I'm rewriting things as we speak, getting ready for the fall of 2020 and um, onward and upward. Uh, agree. And I think what you, what you kind of mentioned there, what, what I think uh, uh, a lot of coaches I think do. Um, and if you don't do what you should is to get the players to understand what discomfort is and Hey man, I'm in pain. Um, discomfort can be that soreness, uh, and with pain could be, you know, something to where you can't even move because this, this will start, I feel like for us, at least that affects our throwing program. So if you start to feel uh, slight discomfort, it's, Hey, the throwing program is starting to work. It's to keep working at it until you, like, if you start feeling pain, we're on a different story and we need to cut back and get you to an athletic trainer. This generation deals with pain and discomfort a lot differently than my generation did. Just- <laughs> I couldn't agree more, man. I mean, I was sitting, I was sitting at Coker, and we uh, at practice pull or 
whatever, sling a hammy, pulled it minor, whatever you want to call it. Man, coach asked me if I could play the next day. I tried. I tried, man. Yeah. I didn't care what kind yeah. of pain I was in senior year. You don't but but I, I get it. Like I understand uh kids still need to look out for themselves, but they do need to understand that that difference between, hey, I'm sore and hey, I'm I think I'm injured and I need to be checked up. Yeah. Um It's not it's not necessarily entitlement. I think it's more of an investment. Like you're investing four years into this young man, so you want him to be the best that he can be. You want him to be healthy. You are as good as you are healthy. So that old adage is never going to die. And we want our guys to come in and feel empowered to communicate. So we don't want to take that away. And we, but we also want, we also expect communication. Uh, agree. The, the players that that's, that's one of the most important things of when we recruit is how easily can we talk to this kid? Can we talk to this? Can we have a full conversation and him feel like, Hey, like, this is just a friend of mine. Can, can we talk to him like that? Because when he gets onto this campus, this is how he's going to have to act day in and day out and not feel, hey, man, I'm nervous to tell coach I don't, my arm don't feel right today. But, like, it's okay to say that. Like, we are, like you said, we're investing four years into you. You're investing four years into us. So we want to yeah. do what we can to keep you healthy, but we got to do it the right way by you guys talking to us. And if you need to talk to somebody – We'll make that happen for you as best as we can. And, and I don't want to take any spotlight away from our head strength coach. He's done an absolutely fantastic job. And I've, I've been able to sit in with him for about the last year and a half um, since I've been at EWC. And it's honestly been one of the best learning experiences since my since my internships. But he, you know, I, I would definitely say that I added the and, and pointed the spotlight more towards injury prevention in the sense that when a guy feels something, there's more I, – I, I become, I become the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, become like a uh, like almost like a supervisor. No, I become the uh, when if if I need I I become the translator. I become the translator because a I was a player and b now I'm his coach. And so if we lose him, we need him. So it becomes more of a, hey, we're going to modify his strength and conditioning program or modify his daily lift to make sure that we cater cater that, to that discomfort. I'm not catering to his ego. I'm not catering to the fact that, he's think, that he might think he's bigger than the program. I'm catering to the fact that I want his rear end on Friday night to be our guy, that yeah. I need him on Saturday, that I need him in relief for – or we need him in a week, so you you got to keep you got to keep this thing in perspective. It's it's a performance based industry, and you got to surround yourself a with good people, and you got to make sure you position yourself to have a full rotation ready to rock and roll every Friday and Saturday and Sunday for those Division One programs. So for you being more on the pitching side, how how do you handle the? Uh the rotation, the getting ready guys in the pin, uh, do you have, like, I don't want to say a certain program or a certain system you use, but do you have guys set up, like, obviously you have your Friday, Saturday, Sunday, your midweek, um, but yeah. do you guys have that, hey, like, you're definitely going to be in relief this game, or hey, man, you're, you're not pitching this game whatsoever. Kind of take me through, like, uh, your rotation day in, day out of, uh, of your staff. Yeah, that, that's, that's a great question. I, I think a lot of it, and it goes back to the communication aspect, is 
this is, and when we have those exit interviews in the fall, we clearly communicate, hey, I think in this role, you're going to, to absolutely kill it. You're going to crush it this year. You're going to have a great year because you have that mentality. You've got that personality. It fits the role. We need that. That's a part of our needs analysis. It's just, just like on the strength and conditioning side. You've got to put together a plan, a program that understands and tailors to the movements that the athletes are going to be required to perform. So same thing on the, on the, on the pitching side of things. We need, we need guys to fill roles. We need guys to step up. We need guys to be leaders. And so whether it's on the front end or the back end, basically what happens is early in the week after we come off a weekend series is we've got, we've got a, a rest day typically on Sunday, and then we go Monday. They'll go back into a yellow light, which is your night typically 90 to 120, and then on a Wednesday we'll green light. And we're basically what we're doing is we're on-ramping them for the weekend. We're prepping that arm to be ready to rock and roll on a Friday. Now our Saturday guys would be on a, on a ladder schedule, um, so they'll fall right behind that that Friday guy because we typically have two on Saturday. And then if we have a midweek, then we then then we usually run our you know our our four or five, or potentially our our you know our our spot our spot arm out there. And then relief guys, they know who they are. And and like I said, it's a performance based industry. If you go out there and you shove and you do well, you execute, that doesn't mean, and I don't think I'm not going to go away from you guys. I'm a big, I'm not going, I'm never going to go away from you. You just need to show me that, that the next week after, whether you lost us that big inning or you lost us that big out, or you, you know, you lost us, you gave up that big hit. You show me that you can put your chin down and you go back to work and you can be a bulldog that next week. I will never go away from you. Every, Every outing is competition, whether it's conference or non-conference. In JUCO, uh, actually in all divisions, it's, it's about the same. You start with that non-conference a uh, couple of weeks before you roll into conference, and that's where you need to see of live games with fans in the stands uh, against another opponent who you haven't seen yet um, for guys to go out there and compete and to execute pitches. Um, even when you're up 10-1 or down 10-1, how hard are you going to go out there and compete to show that you want to be in that relief role, that start role? Um, I, I think that's where things kind of get uh, tied up. You, you see it everywhere. You'll be up 10-1, and you got a guy come in who doesn't really care. He's pissed off because he's coming in in this 10-1 spot. But we're putting yeah. there, we're putting you in to see how much of a competitor you are to go out there and get those outs and still have the mentality of, hey, man, this is a 3-2 game in the ninth. Like, to, to go out there and pitch like that every time is what will get you into games and what will keep you into games, whether you blow that big inning or not, for the coach to still have confidence in you and say, hey, man, I'm going to stick you back out there in a 3-2 game, and it's not 10-1 anymore. Now you need to, rear, you need to buckle down and rear back and get be consistent, throw your pitches, do what you've worked on uh, to, to stay in that role. Yeah, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a minute because – I, I want the kid that can clear the mechanism. I want the kid that, regardless of the stands, I want nobody in the stands, and I want that pitch to mean so much to you. I want mentally, I want you to put yourself on that platform and understand what kind of moment you have, whether it's at the college level or the professional level. Every pitch has got to mean more. Every pitch gets you one, one you know, gets you one pitch closer to that perfect game or that no-no or perfecting your craft or executing and showcasing that you can repeat. I mean, we need to see signs 
signs of baseball IQ, signs of understanding your moment, signs of buy-in into your career. Yeah, and it's it's, and I, I kind of like that. I do like that where where you say it's no fans and they go out there and they don't they don't care what's going on, but for them to focus on the coach and the catcher and to just go out there and make the pitch and do what they've worked on to be successful. Show them that you care, you want to be on that mound and uh, and do whatever you can to get that out, to get the ground ball, get the double play, get the strikeout. It's it's it's. I, I agree with that, and I think it's it's very um, it's I want to say different now. You don't everybody wants that kind of uh, clout, I guess you could say, of hey, I'm pitching in the big spot with the big team. Uh, but even if you're not, like to go out there and and understand the opportunity you've been given to work with a set of coaches who have done this for years and years and years to help you perfect your craft, as we keep talking about, your craft is is super important to the team and to the organization of of can you go out there and, and get it done? Yeah, unfortunately, the game of baseball is unforgiving. And there's no light bulb that you can just – or light switch that you can just turn on and off. Um, you know, it, it's it's a game that's going to humble you day in and day out, and competition breeds excellence. Uh, we're we are a firm believer in you know every day has got to mean something personal to you you know if if it's that one pitch then then make it your best if it's that one ab give us your best ab Uh, it reciprocates because it showcases in the game and it highlights that you can you can do it i can't begin i can't begin to tell you how much recruiting footage i've looked at of and I'll just use them as an example. Uh, Division one baseball players that in the fall they they make sure they take a ton of footage so that they can go back. And we do the same thing at EWC. Um, not downplaying what we do, um, but at the same time, there's a ton of recruiting footage that I've looked at, and it's not it's not for it's not for recruiting purposes, but for us to be able to go back and see nobody in the stands. You know, these kids are, are putting together these highlights videos, and there's nobody in the stands. And But they're playing for the bigger picture. They're playing for whether it's that starting position or they decide to enter the transfer portal, and that's a kid that we, you know, we're looking at video, and we see nobody in the stands. But guess what? That kid's playing hard. That kid's got grit. That kid's got fire. That's the kid that I want to recruit. That, that's the kid That's the kid that you want at the yard every day to, to, to set an example to either younger guys or, or to be – uh, something greater than just the game of your work ethic and your craft, and I think it's it's extremely awesome just to kind of to see that progression um, because it, it gives the coach a sense of relief and a sense of pride and and shows his passion for the game is working. Um, but for the player to be successful, ultimately for them to to exceed their goals and and to be fierce competitors on the mound or in the box or on defense, whatever it is. Um, it, it's just, it's an opportunity. Yeah. Ownership and team, ownership and team leadership, you know, and everything that encompasses what we represent, you know, and, and at the end of the day that you want to coach, you give me nine, you give me nine, nine of those guys, you know, and I'll go out and I'll win a national championship or, I'll go out and I'll lead them one step closer to, you know, to God, you know, and, and, and I'll pray over those young men and, and I'll be with those young men. And, you know, and those are the kind of things, man, it's, you know, it's, it's about building more than just a baseball team. It is a culture. It's an environment, but you want 
you want that fire. I want them to have fire in their personal life as much as I do. I want them to have fire, you know, on the baseball field. Agree, man. And and it, it's just it's awesome to see um, kind of where they started to where they're at now. Um, I know with our guys, we've had guys come in um, who weren't on scholarship, who worked their butts off. We've had uh, guys in in multiple positions of of. I know can I, that. What's that? I said I know a guy like that. <laughs> Who's that? You. <laughs> I agree, but there, but to see it from a coach's perspective of yeah. on the other yeah. side of of the of a kid who came in as a walk on scholarship and to see him buy into the system, keep the good grades, especially here at Daytona and, and every other school, yeah. they strive for great grades. Um, and to see them stay healthy, see them eating right, see them doing the right things in class, on and off the field, seeing that, and then to see them earn a scholarship, it, yeah. it it's it's more enlightening for the coach because you you get to see the process happen as they're going through it and how much work they're putting in. So I think it's yeah. it's college baseball is something that is never to be taken lightly, and it, it gives it not only gives you and the coaches a pride, it gives your parents a sense of pride. We've had kids come from you know very hard times with families, um, but for the family they do have to see them be so successful and and sometimes even get their school paid for it, it's it's yeah. awesome. It's the greatest thing to see. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're they're ultimately they're playing for the name on the front. You know, we got to remind our kids of that. Um, but they do a great job, you know, of reminding us why, you know, we need to trust them. And, and there needs to be a circle of trust between you and your players. There also needs to be policing, you know, by the players. So as much of a of a process as it is, you're right. Once it comes full circle, though, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to see. Awesome, man. Well, uh, that, that'll do it right there for us, man. It was it was. It was great having you on, man. I love talking to you. It's it's always a good time when I get to hear your voice. It's never a dull moment, never. Thank you so much. I mean, it was an absolute honor. I'm I'm excited to see you doing well in your personal life, and I'm looking forward to to seeing you in the future. Yeah, man. Hopefully, uh, next year if we play you guys, we'll actually get to play you. Um, I know that was that was horrible, and we it was coming up. Wait, did it get canceled because of rain? It got canceled because of rain. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Unbelievable. Yep. But I know it, man. All right, Sean. Well, throw out your Twitter name, Instagram name. We kind of let everybody uh, kind of follow you guys because I know, especially with the coaches' corner and and people being active on social media, um, people put drills up all the time. And, and especially you, you're you're on top of Twitter, putting great stuff out every single day. I always read it. Every time I see your name, I read it. Um, so he's a great guy to follow. What is it? What's your Twitter and Instagram? It's uh, it's. The Twitter the Twitter handle is S Sean S E A N five oh five. Five oh five. Um, and then yeah, and then my email is S Sean, so S S E A N five oh five at gmail dot com. Awesome, man. And and for the people who do listen to this, like this is an opportunity for you in, in weird times to reach out to coaches and and kinda help build uh, your coach's craft or a player's craft or a high school coaches, anything. This this is kind of the spot where you get that opportunity to kind of hear what different programs do um, and why they've had so much success over the years. Um, so I thought this was a cool opportunity to get Sean on and and uh, have him talk about uh, uh, his entire time at EWC and, and what they do to, to perfect their craft. It's an honor, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks again. All right, Sean, man. We'll have a good one. All right, Bob. You too. Shit. 
that was it. That was Sean Stevens of uh, Edward Waters College. Man, what a great guy. I, I've Being able to, to get to know him and to be friends with him is, is, is an incredible opportunity kind of for me. Um, I, he's just got a plethora of knowledge. Um, he, he's a guy like uh, a, lot, a lot of guys would look up to, a lot of kids would look up to. He's super passionate about what he does. Um, but it, it, it's it's fun to 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 reflect on on how important college baseball is uh, for these athletes um, when we bring them in to be to be successful and to to, to live in the moment of, um, of of what you're getting the opportunity to do. Uh, but to kind of end it, you know, we still got that that promo code. No Gage Hutchinson. Hey Gage, you got anything to say? Nothing. Nothing. Oh, because that's not, he's not here. He's not here. And I love it. It makes life just a little bit better for me. And Gage, uh, we'll put, we should have a podcast coming out here soon with, uh, with our next guest, um, with players itself. Um, but again, go to, uh, deviateexistence.org. Uh, they got their best gear. Uh, they'll, they'll hook you up with t shirts, hats, uh, water jugs, whatever you need. They got it. It's an awesome brand. Matt, great guy. Love him to death. He's uh, he's helped us in the podcast. He's 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 helping people with their daily lives. He's putting out great content, great videos uh, for to to basically what his brand says is to deviate existence. Go out there, have fun, enjoy life, um, and be the best you can be every day. Uh, stay tuned for the next episode. And that is it. Gage, anything? Didn't think so. See you guys.